Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, he was a professional thief. His name evoked fear throughout the Wild West. He terrorized the Wells Fargo stagecoach line, roaring like a tornado and spooking even the most rugged of cowboys. During his reign of terror from 1875 to 1833, he stole hundreds of thousands of dollars. No victim ever saw him, no artist ever sketched him, no sheriff could ever track his trail. His name, Black Bart. Today, John introduces us to another Black Bart. If you've ever felt shame and disgrace, it was his whisper that crushed your heart. If you've ever felt alone or abandoned, it was all according to his plan. If you've ever felt useless and no good, it was his accusing finger in your face. He doesn't just want your money. This Black Bart comes to kill, steal, and destroy everything. What's his name? Guilt. Guilt. We've all felt guilt, right? The things that, that we've failed to do, the, the failing to live as God calls us to, whether that's specific sins that haunt us and cause us guilt or a season in life, we've all felt it. Well, as we continue our series, Witnesses to Christ, today we meet Peter. Peter is in the courtyard of a high priest named Caiaphas. In that courtyard, we see Peter's guilt. And we also recognize our own guilt. But beyond the courtyard, we see God's grace. Grace for Peter, but also grace for each and every one of us. But first, to get some context, we'll rewind the tape and go back to Gethsemane, where we hear this claim. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Now, Jesus and Peter had been through so much together. Three years earlier, Jesus was walking on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus sees Peter fishing with his brother Andrew, and he calls them to follow, saying, I will make you fishers of men. One day, about a year later, Peter follows Jesus out onto the Sea of Galilee during a huge storm. Peter walks on the water, but then begins to sink. And immediately, Jesus reaches out his hand, takes hold of Peter, and saves him. And at one point, Peter says to Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And at another point, Jesus takes Peter along with James and John to see his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. Then Jesus invites the same trio to witness his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's no wonder, really, that Peter makes this claim, I will lay down my life for you. In fact, most of us have made that claim as well. We made that claim when we were confirmed. 
When you were confirmed, you were asked, do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word and deed, remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? And those of us who have been confirmed said, I do. We've made other claims as well, but that's the easy part, right? Making that claim, saying that we will follow God even to death is easy. The harder part is living that out day to day. But as the events in the courtyard unfold, it's like watching cracks in the house's foundation slowly spread. First, a servant girl comes up to Peter and says, you're not one of this man's disciples, are you? He says, I'm not. The first crack. Peter then stands by a fire to keep warm. Some bystanders say to him, you are not one of his disciples, are you? Again, he denies it and says, I am not. The second crack. And you know when there's enough cracks, there'll always be a collapse. And here it comes in John 18. One of Malchus's relatives spots Peter and says, did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter again denied it. And at once, a rooster crowed. And what was the result of all that? Guilt. Like I said, we face guilt as well. For us, maybe the collapse happens when we say, just one more drink, or just one more lie, just one more fling, just one more look. Crack, crack. But one more leads to one more, and then just one more, and one more. And when there's enough cracks, there will always be a collapse. And we're faced with that G word again, guilt. Now, we just got done having a, a wonderful meal earlier, right? The big potato bar with lots of great toppings. But how many of you like leftovers? Yes, yeah, that's, that's impressive. Leftovers are good, right? They're good, but for a day or two maybe, right? But eventually, if you guys, like me, some of that stuff just gets put in the back of the refrigerator, and then a few days later, you finally see it again, and then by that time, it's no good, and you got to toss it out. It gets forgotten. Well, Peter, after that rooster crowed, felt kind of like a leftover has been marginalized, left out, forgotten in the back of the refrigerator. And that's what guilt does to us. Guilt turns us into miserable, weary, angry, stressed out people. But God loves leftovers. And God gives grace. How does that happen? Well, we fast forward to John chapter 21, where Jesus asked Peter if Peter loves him. And Jesus asked that question three times. One time for every time that Peter had denied his Lord. And each time Peter confesses, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter confessed his guilt. What gave him the faith to do that? It was knowing that while Peter was denying Jesus, 
Jesus was suffering for Peter. You see, Jesus doesn't wait until we get it all together. Jesus doesn't wait until we overcome our temptations or fight our demons or conquer our sin. But rather, as Romans 5 verse 8 tells us, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In our courtyard, we see guilt. But we look beyond that. We look to the cross and we see grace. God's amazing grace. And what that means for us is restoration. And we see that in Peter's life, right? Because you look at, at what happens later, who preaches the sermon on Pentecost? It's Peter. Whose sermon converts 3,000 people? Peter's. Who writes two books in the New Testament? Peter. He was restored. And God's grace isn't dependent on how much we love him. Right? God's grace depends on how much he loves us. It doesn't depend on what we do for Jesus. It depends on what Jesus does for us. God's grace doesn't depend on us giving our life for Jesus, but rather on Jesus giving his life for us. Remember Black Bart? He finally ended up being nothing to be afraid of. When the authorities tracked him down, they didn't find some bloodthirsty bandit. They found a mild-tempered businessman from Decatur, Illinois. The man, pictured storming through the Wild West on his horse, was so afraid of riding horses that he rode around in a horse-drawn buggy. Black Bart was Charles Bowles, a bandit who never once fired a bullet because he never once loaded his gun. And so tonight, by God's grace, we are invited to see guilt for who he really is. A deadly monster? You bet. A painful feeling, a painful feeling that can certainly do great harm? Yes, absolutely. A tormentor of our souls? Yes. But also know this. Guilt is a defeated enemy who has no bullets left in his gun. And so what does that mean for us? It means that our story isn't over when Jesus is in it. That's the good news. We can be restored and renewed from all of our sin and all of our guilt and all of the pain. How? Through the best G word of all. God's grace. Amen.